everybody. Welcome back to the Green Light Green Podcast. Light. It's your boy Jackson and Lauren. And <laughs> sorry, I'm, I thought I was gonna sneeze, <laughs> but I didn't sneeze. I look over because I was like, Lauren said her name weird, and I look over, her face is just contorted. I was like, is she hurt? Is she okay? But she had to sneeze and couldn't. And I didn't. Sad. How underwhelming. Well, uh, we hope that your day is going better. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, if you have to sneeze, you can. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, Lauren, let's tell the people what we do. Just tell them. Okay, I'll tell them. Tell them. All right, we look at old movies, new movies, movies that are not really that old, but are more than like three years old, um, that too, and give you some trivia, Yep. give you some stuff about the people involved, yep. and then ultimately decide if we would green light them or not. That is correct. That's what we do. Uh, also, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, for three weeks out of every month, we do that, but next week, we're going back to our roots, going back to our original version of the show, That's where right. we uh, read a new script on the show and interview the writer. So yeah. that will be ne- next week's episode, and um, we'll be doing that for you, bringing that for you, so uh, just yeah. be ready for that. We're reading an excerpt of a pilot next week, and it's yes. it's really funny. It's a blast, so yeah. we are very excited to bring that to you. A big-time blast. Uh, so there's that. Uh, there is also... Um, please rate us and review us on iTunes, please. Yeah. Uh, no new this week. <gasps> Moment of silence. Okay, enough. Enough silence. Now into action, people. <laughs> rate right. and review us, please. Um, yeah. Additionally, uh, follow us on social media at uh, TGL, TGL underscore pod, pod on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and we at, post there sometimes. Yeah, and at Greenlight Pod on Facebook. Um, what else? Uh, Patreon. Join our Patreon club. Uh, we got some fun stuff. We actually um, are going to be putting up, I realize it's not up yet, uh, an episode for our other podcast, Who Is That? Where Who we talk it? about um, mass some mass, some famous mass Singer snubs who should have made it further but didn't. Yes. Um, and then... Oh, and also, if you're listening to this, we said this on the bonus episode, but um, our plan was to watch an international mass Singer. So we were going to watch mass Singer UK. Yep. We could not find United a place to Kingdom. watch it. It's been recommended to us that we watch it, so if you are one of those people and you're listening to this now, please tell us where you found it. Yeah, pretty please. <laughs> we would appreciate it. Um, okay, I think that's all we got for this, right? I think so. Correct. Okay, cool. Uh, sweep then we all can... that under the rug. Yeah, sweep. That was me sweeping. Um, now we can start. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first, my love? Uh, let's save the new movie for the end. If new that's movie okay for the you. end. Okay, I guess we didn't even talk about what we're what we're oh, gonna be true. doing. Oh, that's true. So this week, uh, we both saw the Suicide Squad. The Suicide the Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yes, and that is the movie I will be talking about at, uh, at the end of the show now. Yes. And Lauren is going to be talking about Big Hero Six. Yes. I've never seen it. I just watched it last night, and I loved it. And oh, I guess spoilers. let's go ahead and uh, dive. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Let's dive. Splash. Okay, Big Hero 6. Uh, It's a Pixar movie. Is it a Pixar movie? Or is it? I don't know. I don't know the difference, okay? (laughs) It's probably Disney. Which movie did we talk about that was, like, contentious on whether it was Pixar or not? Moana, I think. I don't think it was Moana. It was a different... There was another one, and then I thought Moana was also... I believe is just Disney. Never mind, then. It's a Disney movie. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. I know it's on Disney Plus, but like they're all on Disney Plus. So yeah, true. They're all, really they're all Disney. Disney owns them all. That's true. Whatever. That's true. Anyway, um, so Big Hero Six, and I wrote read IMDb summary in my notes, but I did not bring my phone. Okay. So basically, I got it. I okay, got it. can I read it then? Uh, yeah. 
Let me. <laughs> oh no! Wait, wait. Go back. Go back. Don't play that. Don't play that. Okay, I have to move my laptop. Oh, Hopefully the recording the doesn't one, but stop. That's okay. Oh my gosh! Hey, no, no, just okay. show it. Just show it. A special bond develops between plus-sized inflatable robot Baymax and prodigy hero Hamada, who together team up with a group of friends to form a band of high-tech heroes. Mm. All right, so a few things that that uh, short synopsis doesn't quite cover. Um, basically, at the beginning, Hiro Hamada, who is, you know, he graduated high school when he was 13. He's 14 now. He's just kind of this, like, tech robotics prodigy. Mm. Um, they are residing in the city of San Francisco. So it's like a combination of San Francisco and Tokyo. Yep. Um, and he is, like, kind of not using his gifts for good. Ooh. He is using his gifts to... Uh, not just do robot fighting, which is legal, but bet on robot fighting and like hustle people. Really? Yeah. I did not know that's what the this movie started yeah. off with. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. He has this like little bitty robot that is something fierce, and he is hustling people with it out of their hard earned dollars. Um, but all that comes to a close when he uh, gets taken to jail for the night. His aunt has to bail him and his brother out because his brother was his getaway motorcycle after. You know, this huge guy that he hustled, tried to beat him up. Yep. Um, heavy stuff right at the beginning. Um, basically, his older brother um, is in college at the San Francisco Institute of Technology. Um, he kind of tricks Hero into visiting the school because he's like, ah, nerd stuff. I don't like it. Um, even though he builds robots in the garage. But I feel <laughs> like, like that's on, even dude. more nerdy than doing it at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, he kind of tricks him into visiting. He ends up falling in love with it and decides to apply he uh, creates this these microbots um, that they're basically these tiny robots. But if you're wearing the like neuro whatever thing, you can control the microbots. So like they're so small, you can use them to transport yourself. Like you can literally jump off of something and use them to catch you. Yeah, you can build things with it. Like the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Um. Shortly after this, this is still by the way all like pretty close to the beginning like so action I'm, I'm not trying to do any big spoilers um sure. anyway this tech giant cray um tries to buy his microbots and he refuses decides to go to the school develop them because oh he entered this like convention thing so he could get into the school okay um and you know all is well he's having a great night and then there's a fire at the san francisco institute Whoa! of technology and they're all out, they're all okay, but Professor Callahan, their big professor who is like this huge robotics, like pretty famous guy, he's still in the building. So Hiro's older brother, I think his name is Tadashi, uh, runs back in and is killed in the fire. Mm. Okay, so that's basically the big the big premise of it. Um, it's, it's a lot about grief. Um, and then our, our Baymax... Uh, big fluffy robot guy comes in because that was Tadashi's big project. Yeah. He is a healthcare assistant robot. So like when he, you know, he's activated when he hears like ow or any kind of sign <laughs> of distress. Sure. He asks you to rate your pain on a scale of one to 10. He scans you to see if you have any mental or physical injuries. Um, yeah. Just an all around very wholesome robot. Mm. Um, yeah. So basically it's about him trying to get over his grief and eventually figure out, Hey, who's making these microbots now? There's like some supervillain controlling these microbots, and he's Sheesh. like, "What?" 
Um, yeah, so that's basically what's what's going on in this. <sighs> okay, so uh, let's talk about some of the people involved. Let's do it. Who this, made this movie happen, Lauren? That's right. Wow, my handwriting from last night is atrocious. Can she read it? Uh, we'll see. Topic of this episode. <laughs> okay, uh, directed by Don Hall. Um, so a lot of his credits are actually story and writing credits. Mm. So some of his story credits include Ryan the Last Dragon, Moana, um, Winnie the Pooh, 2011, mm. Home on the Range, Brother Bear, Emperor's New Groove, and Tarzan. So lots of Disney. Lots of Disney, yeah. Not Disney even man. like newer, not even just like newer Disney stuff. Um, he also wrote the screenplay for Meet the Robinsons or was one of the writers for that. Hey, Meet the um, And then he directed, either directed or co-directed this, Moana, Ryan the Last Dragon, and Winnie the Pooh. Oh, wow, yeah. And He's got a hand. He also has some small acting credits. Um, <laughs> he was Daryl in The Princess and the Frog. Okay. And he was coach slash Gaston in Meet the Robinsons. Mm. So, Disney man. A Disney man through and through. Disney man. Is Meet the Robinsons Disney? I don't think so, but most oh, okay. everything else he did is. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, another director involved in this was Chris Williams. Um, some generic names. And involved in this, yeah. Don Hall, Chris Williams. Uh, he also has story credits for Moana Random and Emperor's Generator. New Groove. Um, and then he is also uh, credited with the story of Prep and Landing and Mulan, even though that is like an old folk tale. Um, and then he was also a screenplay writer for Bolt, and he also directed Bolt, Bolt and co-directed Moana. And fun fact, uh, he was. Yeah, I can't. I don't remember what his actual name is, but it's Okheim, Okenheim, Okenin, the hoo-hoo, hi family guy in oh, Frozen. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, voices yeah. him. That one. Which makes me a little sad because I'm like, well, I could have gone to a real actor, but okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, all right. Writers of Big Hero 6. Um, so the, something that was a little weird was that there's some entity called Man of Action that has a screenplay writing credit on this. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that is apparently a creative collective with like just a few different people. Huh. Um, so that's kind of what that is. But it's just weird that they're kind of credited as one person. Yeah. Um, they also are, I think, credited individually as writers, but it says in parentheses like as man, man of, of action. action. Sure. Um, but yeah, they were the creators of Ben 10. Oh, cool. Okay. So that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, also involved in the writing of this. I can't read. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Roberts. Um, so he wrote some other stuff, but one thing that I thought was kind of cool that was like recognizable on his credits was that he narrated the U.S. version of March of the Penguins. Oh, that's cool. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then Robert L. Baird is probably the the bigwig writer here. So he wrote Ferdinand, which was that movie about Ferdinand. the bull with John Cena. Aha! John Cena is going to come up in my discussion as well. Yeah, uh, Monsters University, oh. Prep and Landing. Well, both the first one and the naughty and nice one. Mm. Uh, the 13th year decom movie uh -ho. about a guy turning into a fish. Uh -ho -ho. Spies in disguise. But for that one, it uh, looks like he was on the senior leadership team. Okay. And then he also was credited with additional story material for Cars, Monsters, Inc., Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, and has special thanks credits for Zootopia, Inside Out, Megamind, Up, Kung Fu Panda, Shrek the Third, Shrek Forever After, and Open Season. Wow, he's everywhere. Whew. He's been everywhere. Uh, and then the last person I want to talk about for writing is Daniel Gerson. He actually has pretty similar credits to Robert L. Baird. 
Um, and then he also is a screenplay credit for Monsters, Inc. Cool. Okay. Um, let me see. I might actually skip that part to talk about my thoughts. So, actors involved in this. Um, okay. Ryan Potter played Hero, our main guy, mm-hmm. our, our big robotic tech prodigy. Um, he was involved in something called Supa Ninjas, S-U-P-A-H, Ninjas. Okay. Um, he was a co-producer, actor, and did a bunch of stunts. And I mean, he in general is an actor and martial artist. Oh, cool. Um, but it's basically about like three kids become ninjas with the help of one of their grandfathers. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's like a little karate kid meets this, I guess. Yeah. Because this is like a bunch of kids become superheroes For with sure. the help of robots. Um, he was in Fred the Show, like Fred the YouTuber. I don't know who that is. Fred? Like, I can't remember anything he did. He, if you looked him up, you'd definitely recognize him. Okay. He was very big in like 2012. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Maybe even earlier than that. Um, he was Fred's best friend. Anyway. Okay. Uh, he, and then there were quite a few actors actually in this that were involved in Kingdom Hearts 3 because apparently like the whole cast of Big Hero 6 is in Kingdom Hearts 3 and they got yeah. all of the original actors to voice their characters again. Well, cool. So that's kind of nice. Um... And then, oh, I yeah, I was like, what did I write? He was also Kenji in Camp Cretaceous. Oh, yeah. Camp Cretaceous. If you haven't watched Camp Cretaceous, it is in the Jurassic Park universe, but um, it is it's an, an animated, animated TV show on Netflix. Series on yeah. Netflix. It's very good. It is. Very good. Okay, uh, Scott Adsit, I think that's what that says. Uh, he was the voice of Baymax, our lovely healthcare robot. Mm-hmm. Our big um, boy. Our yeah, thick who lad. also kind of learns how to fight. Everybody has an arc in this, even the robots. Mm. Um, okay, so he did some Second City and SNL kind of stuff, like appearances oh, cool. with that. That's just in his bio. That's not on his like IMDb credits. Um, he's had small roles in lots and lots of different things. So I'm just going to do a big old list of sitcoms here. Okay. Uh, Friends, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Mad TV. I can't read that, so I'm going to skip it. Charmed, The Drew Carey Show, Malcolm in the Middle, Monk, The Office, Robot Chicken, 30 Rock, Where the Millers. That's not a you know sitcom, but... Sure. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Portlandia, The Goldbergs, uh, The Good Fight. Nine. He was in nine episodes of Veep. That's probably his other big thing. And then American Dad. Um, so lots of stuff there. Funny guy. T.J. Miller. That's a name you might recognize. Maybe. Yeah, I know. T. Oh, okay, Miller. okay, cool. Yeah. So he was Fred. Um, and as soon as I read that, that was him. I was like, that's who that voice was. <laughs> um, he's one of the things he's well known for is Ehrlich Bachman in Silicon Valley. Yes pretty substantial role there he was also an office christmas party underwater with kristen stewart which i did not see but hmm. uh he was in ready player one and deadpool mm-hmm. i think he's also a bad person unfortunately oh no yeah that's a bummer yeah unfortunately because he's a funny dude he really is yeah yeah anywho okay never meet your heroes folks yeah <laughs> uh jamie chung who was gogo uh was in Go-Go the gifted Gadget. gotham eden this is us, Lovecraft Country, and she had a pretty big role in Lovecraft Country, so it's really a bummer that that show was canceled. Mm. Um, Nora from Queens, Sherwood, also Office Christmas Party. Uh, she was Mulan in Once Upon a Time, in that era where Once Upon a Time, you know, 
Disney bought ABC, and then they were like, let's put every single Disney character. I had no idea Mulan in was in Once Upon a Time. I didn't know either, but I mean, I knew that like they put Elsa in there and whatever, and I was like, all right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I only watched season one of Once Upon a Time. Uh, and then also it was in Princess Protection Program. And then, I mean, last person, I'm not really going to talk about her career, but also Maya Rudolph is in this as oh, cool. Aunt Cass. Um, so the mom figure. You know Maya Rudolph. We've talked about her on the show before. Yeah. She's had a lot of animated mom figure roles. She has. Recently. And she's good. And she's good at it. <laughs> she's them. good at it. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about my thoughts and some other kind of stuff. Um, so I want to talk about how there were a lot of very familiar images in this movie, in my opinion. Um, so first of all, the beginning of this is quite literally BattleBots, <laughs> which is kind of funny because this actually came out a year before BattleBots started. Well, the the most recent version of BattleBots. Oh, was there an earlier there version? There was a, in like the 80s or 90s or oh. something. Yeah. Well, never mind. Yeah. So this kind of copy <laughs> BattleBots. Sure. Um, and I mean, this is a little more like, ooh, underground, grungy, robot fighting. Um, sure. But so, but yeah, bots. it was definitely battle bots. I mean, even to the point where like the two people were sitting across from each other with their controllers, just like, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, there's also, there's a lot of like Peter Parker, Spider-Man-y vibes in this. Oh, okay. Um, you know, even down to the fact that like he is someone who's experienced a lot of loss. He's like very nerdy, very sciencey mm-hmm. in his like mid, early to mid teens. And even down to the fact that he lives with his aunt. Hmm. Like, stuff like that. And then there was also another Spider-Man thing that I thought of later where um, at one point, you know, so Fred, TJ Miller's character, is not actually one of the, like, nerdy robotics kids. He's the school mascot, but he just hangs out with them because he's a big fan of science. Okay. Um, So at one point, he's listing things that, like, would be really cool if they could do, and they're like, that's not really science, bro. And one of the things he lists is, maybe you could turn me into a green lizard, like a green lizard guy, and he, Uh. like, pulls out a comic book and starts being like, rawr. Uh. So that sounded a little Spider-Man-y too. Yeah. And then there's also a moment where um, basically Hero, you know, sort of bonds with Baymax kind of in the place of his brother, you know, because he's trying to get over the loss of his brother. His brother created Baymax and his brother is kind of, he's sort of like trying to have some sort of a relationship with his brother by having a relationship with his creation. Sure. Um, which is very sweet and sad. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he kind of gives Baymax a lot of upgrades as mm. they try to sort of like... Upgrade. They try to sort of hunt down the person making the microbots that they realize is like probably actually responsible for the fire Yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he gives him wings. And Baymax is like... Will flying improve your emotional state? And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he like flies. It's really unsteady. And then after they land on top of the probably not actually called the Golden Gate Bridge, but like, you know, Sanford Tokyo, what appears it's to the be. Golden Gate Bridge. Sure. Um, the stand in. He's like, you know, Baymax does a scan on him and he's like, your neurotransmitter levels are elevated. You know, he was like, the treatment is working. Mm. And then he takes off again, and suddenly he's incredible at flying, and he skims over the water and has a perfect Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban flying on a hippogriff moment. Nice. Um, Yeah, so there was just a lot of, like, kind of familiar imagery throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, I wish... I, I do have a pretty big spoiler that I think was a little bit of, like, maybe a critique? I don't know. But I guess the only thing is that, like, I did pick up on who the villain was going to be 
very quickly. Okay. Because there were just like, they were very clearly trying to lead you in one direction uh, for who the villain was. Yeah, and it ended so up So I was not. like, oh yeah, no way it's going to be them. Sure, you know? yeah. Um, not that he turned out to be like a great guy, but like he wasn't the <laughs> not, primary not villain. Not the bad guy. A bad um, guy. Yeah, so I, I did call that pretty early. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, a, a normal case of like a good person being kind of corrupted by tragedy sure um which you know is again kind of like what could have happened to hero if like baymax hadn't been there to sort of rein him in a little bit and his friends hadn't been there to rein him in a little bit Mm -hmm. um what am i looking at what did this say i cannot Uh, help you this is all you babe oh yeah uh hero was retaught his own goodness by the purity of the character that is Baymax. Mm. Uh, so that is one thing too. He made all these upgrades, but he did always leave the original chip that his brother created mm. in there for the most part mm-hmm. um, to, to keep Baymax Baymax. Uh-huh. Um, and that ended up kind of saving him in the end. Um, I really loved, one thing that I really liked is that when he sort of like helps all of his friends become superheroes, mm-hmm. um, he builds on their kind of robotics projects that they were working on when he first met them. Sure. And that kind of becomes their superpower. Okay. Um, so, for example, there's Gogo. Um, and she was working on this bike that's, like, really, really, really fast. And the wheels are held on by, like, magnetic suspension. Mm, okay. So there's no friction with between the wheels and the bike, yeah. I guess. Um, and it, so it's really, really fast. So he kind of comes up with, with these things where she can use them as blades, almost like a Captain America shield. Yeah. And she can also slap them onto her shoes and use them as, like, roller skates. Cool. Um, Very cool. And, you know, there's just, like, a lot of different stuff like that. But I think that, like, when it becomes clear later that, you know, the kind of supervillain, his whole power is only there because he stole Hero's invention. Okay. And since he, you know, like, was obviously in the building when the fire happened and everything, he would have had access Mm -hmm. to everybody's. And I wish we could have seen other people's technology used against them, too. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I really, as I said before, really, really love this movie, but that's, like, one little thing that I think could have helped it even more. Elevated it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, that's not really important. I was going to talk about, there's a character, uh, Fred, who's again, TJ Miller's character. Yeah. Is this like kind of skateboarder, you know, dude who is like secretly very, very, very rich and he just oh, never uh, talks about it. LOL. His parents are like so rich. Yeah. Um, and he's the guy who like never does laundry because he wears his underwear, you know. Oh God. Inside <laughs> out and then flips it. Classic <laughs> and, skater. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, and then the other, like, kind of fun superhero technology part about this is that they do pretty early, it's it's pretty meta, you mm-hmm. know, it's very much, like, almost like uh, the, the kick-ass movies where, like, superheroes definitely, like, not that they exist in the real world, but that comic books exist. Okay, sure, yeah. You know, because I feel like a lot of superhero movies, it's like, oh, yeah, well, there's these other superheroes, Yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. with these, it's very much, like we're going to be our own heroes and make this real for us. Yeah. You know, and like take inspiration from these existing comic books and stuff like that. Um, So that was very cool. Um, That is not really important. And (laughs) what we got going on here. Sorry. I, I just really am trying to read my notes. I I wrote these when I was a little bit inebriated. (laughs) That's okay. That's that's all. Um, yeah, basically, my whole thoughts, I did really love this movie. I would definitely watch it again. I teared up a couple times. 
Um, it's just a very, very like wholesome, good watch. Nice. All around very, very good. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I just thought it was like a, even though it did have a lot of things that were a little bit taken from other properties, um, it, it felt pretty, you know, original and fresh. Um, and then it's also too, like, that's becoming, it's becoming more of a thing now where they're like, we really need more Asian representation in a lot of things. And mm-hmm. this was a movie that had Asian representation. Yeah, um, back, back in 2014? 2015, I believe. 2015. Or no, sorry, 2014. BattleBots is 2015. Oh. Um, okay, should I do my two truths and a lie? I think you must wait. Did you say whether you would greenlight it? Is that what you were just saying? Oh, yeah. I absolutely would greenlight it. Personal okay. perspective, producer perspective. I don't think it was like, it's not one of the, the most popular non-musical Disney movies. You mm-hmm. know, it's, I don't, it didn't get the numbers Inside Out got. That's why I didn't see it until now. Inside Out's Pixar though. But you know. So that had that. Um. So... Sorry, I in my head I was like I thought you were saying this was Pixar and I was no. like didn't we just establish that this wasn't no, Pixar? No, sorry, <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously it still made money. I mean, all Disney movies make money. They typically do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So hard green light. Cool. Hard green light. Okay. Two truths and a lie. Two mm-hmm. truths, one lie. Do you have a lie this time? Yes, right? I have a lie. Okay. <laughs> I really was thinking hard about this last night. I was like, I have to have a lie. Um. Okay. Truth number one. Baymax's movement was based on a baby with a full diaper. Uh, interesting. Okay. I have not seen the movie, so I'm going just solely off of vibes. <laughs> okay. San Francisco. Okay, I was just trying to read it. San Francisco is an alternate universe city where after True. like it this this movie takes <laughs> place in an alternate universe. Where after the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, Japan stepped in and helped ramped up, ramp up their architectural prowess to protect against seismic activity. Okay. Truth number three. <laughs> Give me a look there. <laughs> Instead of having an expressionless face, Baymax was originally intended to have two facial expressions, happy and sad, to kind of parallel Hero's fighting bot at the beginning of the movie that transitions from happy to angry. What was the first one? Well, uh, baby diaper, baby. Yes, baby with a full diaper. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna say that one's a lie. Nope. Oh, dang it! Which was a lie? Uh, the one about the facial expressions. Oh, Baymax was intended to originally have five facial expressions. Oh, interesting, interesting. That was the that was my other my other guess, but that one made too much sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, shoot. Okay. Well, good job, Lauren, I guess. <laughs> After your awful performance last week, <laughs> not even having anything. Um, okay. I guess moving on to... I mean, to... all I'm saying is you didn't find the lie last week, so... Uh, correct but you didn't (laughs) you also didn't find the lie in your own thing so uh kind of tough unfortunately all right well go on with your movie okay uh my movie is a very different movie uh called the suicide squad now you may be thinking as moviegoers yourselves uh wait a minute didn't they make a movie in 2016 called suicide squad and boy you'd be right so uh, i'll talk a little bit later how this one applies but just know This movie is called The Suicide Squad. So, uh, the synopsis. 
Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Belle Reve Prison join the super-secret, super-shady task, task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese, sent to destroy evidence of the giant alien Starro. So... Uh, if you've seen the first movie, or if not, essentially what this movie is, and sort of what the comics that it was based off of is, I didn't really talk about the comics it was based off of, that's a flaw of my, uh, following, um, information that I'm about to give you, but, um... It's essentially just a group of supervillains who are sent to do these super dangerous tasks that they don't even want to send superheroes in for. Not only are they dangerous tasks, but they're also kind of shady tasks that kind yeah. of the government doesn't really want people to know about. A.K.A. if they send someone in and that person then dies, no one will miss them. Yeah. That's well, kind of the, the idea too, behind the Suicide like, Squad. If something did come out, they could probably pin it on these people because they're like exactly. criminals. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they're, they're doing this. Uh, the supervillains, what's in it for them? Well, a little less prison time because all of these supervillains that we uh, find are in prison for one reason or another. Uh, so the supervillains want out. For a very long out. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Supervillains want out. Um... The U.S. government wants shady things done, so Suicide Squad. And they're called the Suicide Squad, as you might guess, because these missions are very dangerous, near impossible, and many of the time. if you go off course, they literally blow your head up. Yes, that's true. If you, uh, they are inserted chips inside of them, and uh, yeah, like Lauren said, if you go against the grain, if you go against Amanda Waller, she'll, she'll pop you immediately. If you go against Viola Davis, who? <laughs> exactly, you don't want to do that. So let's talk about who was a part of this movie. Uh, this movie was written and directed by James Gunn, and that name might sound familiar to you if you are a superhero fan, because he was the uh, mind behind Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, the first two, as well as the third one. Uh, as a director, uh, those are probably his, his main stuff. He's directed other things, uh, including Movie 43. Um, and obviously, he also wrote the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and Movie 43, but... You know what he also wrote? Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yes, he did! <laughs> the live-action Scooby-Doo films You know that, that uh, really scans. That really scans. It makes sense. Because all movies that uh, uh, are great. All of these movies are great. So, uh, you know, it makes sense. Let's talk about the cast. Uh, if you've seen anything about this movie, you've probably seen that this cast is kind of star-studded. It actually, it's like, I would be here all day naming all of their accomplishments. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so, sort of gonna run through some people, talk about some people, etc. Uh, so this movie stars Idris Elba as Bloodsport. Uh, Bloodsport is a character that was not in the original movie. Um, uh, the comic character is, uh... Not necessarily dived into as much here, kind of a more obscure villain, uh, but uh, goes, as is referenced in this film, actually, um, is one of Superman's uh, main villains. Hmm. Not main villains, but it, he is... A Superman villain. Yes, correct. Uh, Idris Elba, if you don't know, which, come on, uh, big A-lister as he is, uh, got his big break in The Wire, got on to star in franchises like uh, the Marvel franchise, The Office... Uh, Fast and Furious, Pacific Rim, Beasts of No Nation, Molly's Game, and Luther. Uh, Idris Elba is someone you need to know if you don't. Someone you also need to know is Margot Robbie, who plays Harley Quinn, who was in the original one. She's played Harley Quinn in many different movies, uh, including the yeah. original Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey. Um, I'm not sure if she's actually... Those might be the only two. I'm not sure if she was in any other movies I mean, yeah, as a the two Suicide Squads and then this one, I guess. 
might be the only one. Well, Birds of Prey. Well, that's what I meant. Sorry, the two Suicide Squads and then Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, yeah, for sure. Uh, So she's also another A-lister. I, Tanya, Wolf of Wall Street, Birds of Prey, as I mentioned, The Legend of Tarzan and Bombshell. Uh, John Cena. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well, yeah. John Cena plays Peacemaker in this. Uh, John Cena. franchise. You can't see him. uh, Former WWE star, uh, but also turning into movie star. Yeah, wow. Uh, I didn't know he was in this movie, Jackson. Because you couldn't see him. Exactly. Because you couldn't see him. Uh, Other movies (laughs) include Blockers, Bumblebee, Daddy's Home 2, The Wall, and the aforementioned Ferdinand. Uh, Joel Kinnaman plays Colonel Rick Flagg, uh, who was in the original Suicide Squad. Uh, Also was uh, the new RoboCop. He was in the RoboCop remake, huh. uh, so that's his big claim to fame. Uh, Daniela Melchior plays Ratcatcher 2. Uh, Daniela Melchior looked familiar to me, but uh, when I looked her up, uh, I wouldn't have seen her in anything. However, if you're huh. a fan of Spanish soap operas, you will have seen her, because she has been in almost 1,000 episodes of various soap operas. Oh my god! And that pretty much is her career. Wow. Uh, very impressive. I was like, wow, that's insane. And good for you, Daniela. Uh, maybe making uh, a, a change to more uh, uh, movies now, but, you know, she's a soap opera star. Huh. Yeah, uh, she did look really familiar. That's right? so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Viola Davis plays... Ret- uh, no, that was Daniela Melchior. Viola Davis plays Amanda Waller. Uh, obviously, you know Viola Davis as well. The Help, Widows, Fences, original Suicide Squad, as you know. Uh, last person I'm going to go in depth on is David Desmalkian. Uh, he played um, Polka Dot Man, and uh, he has actually been in a whole lot of different superhero franchises. What? So he was in uh, both Ant-Man movies. He was in the TV show Gotham. He was in uh, The Dark Knight, and that was actually one of his first movies. Um, and he always sort of plays a similar character, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and he also voices Calendar Man in Batman The Long Halloween. Huh. So he's done a lot. You know, it's funny, because if Ezra Miller wasn't playing The Flash in, like, this iteration of the Justice League... Sure. I feel like he would be a really good Flash, too. Oh, this guy? Yeah. I, I could see that, but... Well, uh, especially just, like, with how Ezra Miller's Flash is written. I'd say more Ezra Miller's Flash. Not, like, the TV show Flash. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't know if he's attractive enough. He's kind of a weird-looking dude. He is you kind know? of weird-looking. So, so is like, Ezra Miller, though. Uh, Ezra Miller definitely has more conventional attractiveness to him, though. At least he can have more conventional attractiveness to him than David. Sorry, David, but you know what you are, and you do it well. Uh, uh, some other standouts, because once again, this cast is stacked. Uh, Sylvester Stallone voices King Shark. Um, other actors uh, include Jai Courtney, Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker, Pete Davidson, Sean Gunn, and Peter Capaldi as The Thinker. Uh, so once again, this is a, a big old cast. So if you like any of those people, you know, some of them are featured more than others, as I'll talk yes. about later. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a, a little bit of background about this movie, especially about how it sort of ties into the first one. Um, so David Ayer, the director of the first one, was actually set to return as the director, uh, but chose to develop uh, a Gotham City Sirens film instead. And you might notice, uh, hey, Jackson, uh I haven't heard of that movie. It hasn't come out. And correct. Uh, Instead, uh, there were many other directors attached to this as well, uh, including people like Gavin O'Connor and even Mel Gibson. 
Um, and throughout these different versions of the movie, uh, some of them had Will Smith back as Deadshot, some of them had Jared Leto back as the Joker, and some of them even had, uh, The Rock's Black Adam, which we haven't seen yet, uh, that were, uh, all parts of different drafts in this script. Hmm. Um... So, uh, how James Gunn became to be attached to this, he was originally actually asked to make a new Superman film, but he didn't, he thought that was going to be too much pressure. So then DC was just like, hey man, whatever DC movie you want to do, you can do it. Which I was like, that's kind of crazy. Wow. Uh, so he chose to make a Suicide Squad film because he really liked the property, really liked the comics, and uh, was just drawn to it. I was like, it. you guys could have done a better job with this before. <laughs> yeah, it, well, exactly. And, you know, while uh, James Gunn has been interviewed and said, like, you know, he um, he definitely sees the flaws in the first movie, but also there were some parts of it that he liked. And I, I will say I think um, he did a good job of sort of taking some of the better parts of the first one and yeah. injecting it into this. Um, and For sort example, of, Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then sort of tossing aside some of the others. Um, so I guess the, a big question on people's mind is, how does this movie relate to the first movie? Because this movie is called The Suicide Squad. It's not called Suicide Squad 2. And fun fact, actually, James Gunn uh, suggested the title as a joke. And the producers uh, actually liked it, so they were like, okay, we'll he keep it. He was like, for real? <laughs> yeah. He's like, y'all, y'all for real? Y'all serious? Uh, but they kept it. So basically, James Gunn describes this movie as its own thing, and it is what it is. <laughs> So, essentially, he said that it would not contradict the first movie, but also not explicitly address the events of the first film or Birds of Prey. Which is interesting, because that sort of makes this film in kind of uncharted territory. It's not exactly a reboot, but it's also not exactly a direct sequel. And I I think it's interesting, because recently with A Quiet Place 2, we sort of talked about sequels who have uh, different main characters. Mm-hmm. And I think this is sort of a similar vibe to that, whereas even A Quiet Place 2 was much more of a direct sequel. This obviously definitely has a lot of different characters in it. Um, I would argue that probably Idris Elba is the protagonist of this film. And uh, he was sort of replaced uh, Will Smith. Um, actually, as we're, we're going to talk about, uh, in a bit as well. Um, so let's quickly talk about, like, the success of the original movie. Um, and to some people's surprise, it did have success. Uh, it had a budget of 175 million, and it made 746 million. And it just came out in theaters, so it's gonna make a lot more. No, sorry, the first one. Oh, oh, I thought you meant this one. No, this first one has not made 746 million dollars back yet. (laughs) Um... However, I really just took that without blinking, huh? You really did. You were like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, the critics, as you probably know, did not agree with this score. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 26% rotten Ooh. rating, uh, with an average rating from those uh, uh, critics of 4.9 out of 10. Uh, even Joel Kinnaman, one of the stars of the movie, uh, he, quote, I thought that the first 40 minutes of the film were effing great i don't know if we're gonna curse and then there were conflicting visions and it just didn't end up being what we all hoped it was it didn't feel like the movie that we hoped we were going to make so among critics among cast not exactly what they thought it was going to be and what i personally think is part of the problem was that that there was a pg-13 movie and when you have a movie about supervillains who go into uh essentially death missions you kind of want something a little more than PG-13. Yeah. You know? And it did not. And so it was a little bit pacified. And I think that was part of why it was, uh, it kind of struggled. Yeah. I think part of 
of the other problem, too, is that, I don't know, I feel like the movie itself did not, was not really reflected in what the trailers communicated. Okay. And I'm trying to remember exactly what was in the trailers. I mean, I know one of the things that was in the trailers was a lot of the Joker, and yeah. then he was not really in it that much, but that turned out to kind of be for the best. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what about that movie necessarily disappointed me. I think, like, I remember it feeling really long. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, they took a lot of time to introduce all the characters. They did. And I think at this point, it's like you kind of learned about them as the story went on. They didn't yeah. necessarily need to have a huge introduction for every single person. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, I think part of my problem with it was it either at times either didn't have enough fun or had too much fun. And mm-hmm. it was e- e- either ended up being distracting or it ended up being not enough. It ended up being yeah. dull. Um, There's so- also just like a lot of male gaze in it. Yes. And I was not a fan of that. That's correct. And like with this one, I think while there was some, it felt like much more on Harley Quinn's terms. So I didn't yeah. have a problem with it. I mean, I also think just like Harley's costume in this was very different from the definitely, original. Definitely and, better. And, yeah. And, yeah. So I think th- there you go. Um, anywho, and also the other main female character, Ratcatcher, was, I feel like, not really sexualized at all, which no. was, which was yeah. good. Um, any hoot. So, as I mentioned before, there were a lot of spinoffs that were set to happen. There was the Gotham City Sirens, an untitled Deadshot film, untitled Harley Quinn film, untitled Joker film, untitled Harley and Joker film. However, as we all know, none of these happened exactly as they were meant to happen. Obviously, we got Birds of Prey, but that was uh, a little bit different than the what was originally thought. We got a Joker film. However, that was with Joaquin Phoenix, not with Jared Leto, and was very different from... Yes. Uh, and wasn't even in the uh, DCEU. Uh, Deadshot, who knows? And then Gotham City Sirens, who knows? Speaking of that man, Deadshot, uh, Will Smith was reported to be in this movie... Um, at first, when it was first, uh, you know, being talked about. Uh, however, around February 2019, because of scheduling issues, uh, he was not. He he ended up not being able to be in it. So James Gunn actually met with Idris Elba uh, and ended up writing the part of Bloodsport for him, uh, which wow. is something that he typically doesn't do. But you know, obviously Idris Elba is Idris Elba, yeah. and so uh, you write a part for that man. Yep. And actually, originally he was meant to replace Will Smith as Deadshot. He was hmm. just supposed to be Deadshot. However. Uh, they decided to make him an entirely new character, partially in hopes that maybe Deadshot could return one day as Will Smith. Sure. Will Smith could return as Deadshot. Excuse me. Uh, a few more facts before I talk about uh, my thoughts. Uh, so Daniela Melchior, Ratcatcher 2, uh, actually did a live screen test with rats, since her character controls rats, and uh, she killed it. So <laughs> she became uh, Ratcatcher 2. Wow. Yeah. She must, like, just actually be really chill around rats. Yeah. Good for her. Ooh. Good for her. Couldn't be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you play Ratcatcher, Lauren. I mean, I I get it, yeah. but yeah, couldn't be me. Uh, another thing that I think sort of attributes to uh, either the success of this movie or just sort of the faith that the studio had in this movie, uh, a Peacemaker, a spinoff television series starring John Cena, is set to debut on HBO Max in January 2022. Oh. So should be interesting. Also... No, if if you haven't seen the movie, having that knowledge actually is a bit of a spoiler. Yeah. But whatever. Meh. It's okay. You kind of figure. Yeah. Anywho. So now let's get to my thoughts. Okay. Uh, I thought this was a great movie. 
I really enjoy this movie. I thought it was uh, a lot better than the first movie. Yes. Uh, for many reasons. I thought the cast was great, and it was, like, perfectly cast. Not only with the actors they chose, but with the characters they chose. Yes. Uh, it felt like some characters in the first one just didn't really... Like, what was their purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I thought this uh, was great. Uh, I thought the new cast definitely brought life to the movie. Um, and, you know, I thought the characters were very clearly defined in not only their characters, but also what they were in, like, light of this whole movie. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite was, of course, King Shark. He was the best. He was he, so funny. He was the perfect character that brought, like, naivete and just, like, innocence while also being a literal killer shark. Yeah. <laughs> a literal killer human shark. Um, and I also like how, as, as I mentioned earlier in the... Uh, in talking about this, there's a lot of people in this film who are recognizable who have smaller parts. And in a bit of a spoiler, uh, they don't make it too far in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I I think that that kind of does a couple of things, kind of in a similar way. That also spoiler for the movie Scream, but sorry if you haven't seen it. I was thinking you were going to say Scream. Yes. Um, in the way that they kill off Drew Barrymore at the beginning of Scream, they kill off a lot of these famous actors at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. And even like one or two recurring characters. Yeah, exactly. So it, this movie really makes a statement. And hey, guess what? This movie was R-rated. And it, it made yeah. well use of the R rating. Oh, yeah, it did. Well, I yeah, what I kind of liked about the beginning is it almost felt like, even though they said, oh, it's not a remake... And, like, it's not quite, but it almost felt like, like, yeah, the old Suicide Squad, this isn't that. Yeah. We're killing that. Exactly. I, I think that's kind of exactly what it did at the beginning. Obviously, some of the characters, like Margot Robbie, uh, yeah. Joel Kinnaman, Colonel Flagg, uh, Harley Quinn, and, uh, shoot, what's Viola Davis's character name? Waller? Something yeah. Waller? Uh, yeah, Waller. Um, they, they make it, but uh, some of the other characters don't, so it, I think it's really cool how they did that. One other thing. Uh, the soundtrack of this movie was dope, I thought. Oh, yeah. James Gunn knows how to put together a soundtrack, because yep. all both of the Guardians movies also yep. have uh, great soundtracks. Uh, one thing that I will say, I thought there were a lot of funny moments, moments in this movie. I don't think it was as funny as I was maybe hoping it was. I don't mm. think it's as funny as the Guardians movies, but I think where it makes up for it in, like, the action and the sort of, uh, the R rating. I would agree. You yeah. Know? So I, I, I think this is a very good uh, superhero movie. I think uh, it had like an appropriate amount of camp because I didn't want it yeah. to be like Guardians of the Galaxy level. No, for sure. And it wasn't. Um, and I think another thing, like like you said, it sort of knows what it is as far as humor in camp. Whereas the first one I felt like was sort of all over the place. Yeah. This one has fun moments and it has cool like effects that it does, but it doesn't overwhelm you with it. So those are my thoughts. I agree okay. like this movie. You know, obviously, I think there would be a hesitation as a producer of being like, the first one was a success financially. However, it's not necessarily considered to be a good movie. If we make this, whatever, it be a reboot or a sequel, are people going to be as excited about it? But I think you have a great cast. You have a great writer-director in James Gunn, and that saves it. Yeah. Two truths and a lie, shall we? Let's let's do it. Two truths and a lie. Truth number one. This film used mostly practical effects, including the part where King Shark rips a man in half. King Shark was CGI, while his victim was a dummy with prosthetics, and James Gunn says this is his favorite scene in the movie. Fact number two. 
James Gunn wanted Dave Bautista to play Peacemaker, but Bautista turned it down to play one of the lead roles in the movie Dune, which comes out later this year, I believe. Fact number three. Sean Gunn, who is James Gunn's brother, plays two roles, standing in for Weasel on set and also playing a live-action human character. Uh, in the prison Belle Reeve, he plays a notorious DC villain, Calendar Man, who appears very briefly to goad Polka Dot Man. Uh, even in the film, he comes complete with a comic book villain's bald head and cranial tattoo of the months of the year. I think it's the second one. You think that's a lie? The Dave Bautista one. Mm-hmm. You're right. It is the lie. Yes! However... Felt too believable. Dave Bautista was supposed to play the role, but he had to turn it down for Army of the Dead, not Dune. Ah, okay. Yeah. Which kind of made the wrong choice, Dave. I gotta be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This movie would have been better. Uh, But I think John Cena was kind of the perfect character, like, character-wise, but also even, like, it, it makes sense for his current WWE character, too, in a way. I feel like. You know, just because yeah. I feel like his character is a lot about like, it's a you know, bit like hustle, uh, loyalty, respect. Golden boy gone rogue in a yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like this, the, the movie kind of does Golden the same boy thing. taking internal sense of justice too far. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll do anything to, I'll, I'll kill any man, woman, or child to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's what we got. That's all we got. Those are our movies. Yeah. Uh, if, and, and by the way, Big Hero 6, I forgot to mention at the beginning, was a specific reviewer request. If you have a similar request, um, feel free to leave us an Apple Podcast review and yeah. tell us what you want us to talk about. True. Uh, oh, also, uh, my dad suggested something, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can explore it at some point. Uh, he was saying that whoever loses on the two truths and a lie uh, maybe has to watch, and maybe it not be there. Uh, movie for the week or it can be uh, watch one of the uh, he sent me a list of 0% movies on Rotten Tomatoes Ooh. so as a bit of a punishment could be kind of fun well that's you Jackson uh, we'll, we'll talk about it ah. <laughs> um, but uh, if, if that sounds fun to you and if you'd like us to do that let us know yeah, uh, let us know anything bonus episode material yeah th- oh, that's a good point actually that would be a really good bonus episode so that's gonna do it for us yeah we love Thanks you for all listening. we love you thank you for listening Green light. Adios.